I was trying to finagle the economist truck outside of this building to give me a free Beyond Burger and not make me sign up for the economist the other day. And this woman came up and she started shouting at the woman at the economist. This has to go. Did you get your Beyond Burger, though? No, because we were, Rachel and I were in the middle of being like, well, we have some at home, and no, we don't want to subscribe to 12 issues of The Economist for $12. (laughs) You know that meme that's like uh, children screaming McDonald's, McDonald's, and then we have food at home? I cannot believe that Rachel was, we have Beyond Burger at home. (laughs) Don't shift your weight. Don't stare. And for God's sake, whatever you do. Hello, and welcome to March Bradness. I'm Sarah. I'm Hannah. And this is the world's only March Madness-style Brad Pitt-themed podcast, where we're pitting every one of Brad Pitt's movies against one another in a quest to find... <gasps> the ultimate Brad. Uh, this week, we're joined by special guest and friend of the show, Brittany. Brittany, Hello. say hi. Hi. It's me, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> You've it's heard Brittany, my name, bitch. You now hear my voice. You've been on our show before. What episode were you on last time? Mr. and Mrs. Smith versus 12 Years a Slave, so nothing I really had anything to say about. I'm genuinely so sorry, and I don't know why we did that. It was funny. Hey, I learned a lot about Mr. and Mrs. Smith that I never would have known otherwise. I think it's important to say that you were independently doing the same thing as we did on our podcast. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And I, uh, I did finish every... I think I'd already finished them by the time I was on the first time, right? Yeah. I think I'd already completed the challenge. But so, so much has happened since the last time I was on here. So much has happened. That was like two years ago. That, it's been a long time. Because now I'm here. I'm here with Sarah in person. Now, now we're both in, in LA. LA. Yeah. I'm not there in person. I'm here. I am freezing cold and in beautiful gray New York City. <laughs> Today I saw a three-legged mouse. Oh my god! Did you, please tell me you actually did. I did actually see oh a three-legged mouse. He was scuttling. I was going to the local pet supply store because I wanted to get a present for my roommate's cat, and also I wanted to look at the kittens. And this mouse was scuttling along, and he only had three legs. And I was so proud of wow. him, and also a little scared because I forgot the difference between mice and rats for a second because he was pretty big for a mouse. And I was like, "What if he has rabies?" And then I was like, "If he had rabies, he'd be dead." So whatever. <laughs> New York, baby. <laughs> I love that little guy. <laughs> the fun m- mouse tangent. <laughs> I love a good mouse tangent. <laughs> Just another day. What's Brittany? Did you see anything strange in LA today? Just my Quidditch team practicing in the park. <laughs> the strangest thing that you can see in LA. Oh, I did I did see a man walking across the park that we were practicing in with just his whole ass out. Whoa! Like pants on in the front, entire bare, like not just like he was riding low, like entire bare ass out. Maybe he really had to poop and he didn't want to get it in his pants. <laughs> Worried. He was preparing. He was worried about his chances of making it to the bathroom. <laughs> it was just efficient, really. I have a you question. I have a question, go. Brittany. Mm-hmm. Was that man Bruce Willis in 12 Monkeys? Oh my. <gasps> Whoa! No. 
Way to bring that all the way. I am a Capricorn. I will bring it back to business. Or Brad, we did we did see two full bare asses through these viewings. Brad's Brad's bare ass is is in Twelve Monkeys too. Yeah, yeah. And then we saw him uh, bathing in Jesse James. I don't think we saw an ass. You did not see his butt. Trust me, because whenever I see Brad's butt these days, I shout Brad butt. Um. Which movie do we want to talk about first? Um, does somebody want to do... Let's talk about 12 Monkeys first, yeah. since Brittany saw it most recently. I think that makes sense. You want me to do the summary? Are you going to do it, Sarah? I'll be proud of you. Wow, Brittany doubts me and my ability to describe movies. But listen, I'm about to knock your socks off. Uh, 12 Monkeys is a story set in a dystopian future after a deadly virus has wiped out uh, 99% of the humanity. The remaining 1% is living underground, quote, like worms, end quote. Um, the prisoner... <laughs> this prisoner guy... He gets sent uh, back in time to try to get information on the source of the virus. There he's sent to a mental institution because he's yelling about the end of the world where he meets Brad Pitt. Uh, Brad Pitt is the son of a uh, scientist. And Brad Pitt is talking about, I don't know, the end of the world as well. So they become friends. Um, the worm man, uh, our main <laughs> character, is sent like back and forth between the future and the past uh he meets a psychologist psychiatrist woman at the uh at the psych ward and um general disclaimer for this movie it's like very uh not correct in terms of like mental illness and all that um yeah he uh wow i'm really doing a bad job of describing this you were doing so hot at the start like so i know i can get it back okay (laughs) yeah he meets the lady and she kind of believes him and uh after a couple times of him getting sent back and forth she finds evidence that he really is a time traveler and not having delusions and um they decide to go after brad pitt as they find out that he has been released from the mental institution and is now uh leading the army of the 12 monkeys which is an organization that it turns out is just freeing animals they're an animal rights activist group and it is a red herring anyway this all concludes uh when the worm man main character is running away with the psychiatrist and they go to the airport and they or find the actual guy that has the virus and they try to shoot him, but then Warm Man gets shot and uh, the end. There's a lot of stuff going on that I don't think matters. It's like a time loop and like he goes back and forth in time a bunch of times. Yeah. I probably should have just said that and not described the whole plot because <laughs> it really doesn't matter. <laughs> this movie is a time loop and Brad Pitt's crazy. <laughs> That's a lot more succinct. Brad Pitt in this movie is my second favorite cinematic eco-terrorist. Right after Paul Dano in Okja. <laughs> Anyone? Okja. Okja? That's what Is that the one on Netflix with the creature? Yes, that's the one on Netflix with the creature. It's a great movie. Oh my god, I've seen the thumbnail. It's a perfect it's, movie. It's directed by the director of Parasite. This and is true. also Snowpiercer. Mm-hmm. A perfect director. Okay. And Paul Dano, a perfect eco-terrorist. <laughs> oh my gosh. But Brad is also I guess he's not really an eco-terrorist. Think he is. Is that is that an eco terrorist move to like release animals from a zoo? Yeah, I think so. A misguided one. Yeah, because he locked his dad in a cage. Oh yeah, he did lock his dad in a cage. Yeah. Which is pretty bad. 
he is a cool character. It's kind of, definitely kind of like a precursor to Tyler Durden. I know we talked about that mm. last time. Yeah, I think this is like the far end of that like crazy like unhinged Brad. Like this yeah. is 100% all that. I was reading that he um, studied at like a mental institution. He like spent some time there. And they took his cigarettes away. <gasps> Brad. I read that too. He like the, on set, um, Terry Gillum like took his cigarettes away so that he would be like strung out. Classic Terry. Oh, yeah. interesting. I didn't actually know that Brad smoked. Yeah, he's, I think he still does, sadly. What if, what if, I don't think Brad Pitt smokes anymore. Brad Pitt definitely vapes. But he has like one of those like <laughs> old person vapes where, you know, they're like really chunky. And then they have the little spout. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are huge. Oh, also important to note, I just, I took notes because I'm a nerd. And one thing that I really wanted to bring up was that when Brad is first introduced in this movie, they show him and he's like sitting in an armchair and this sweater is like up over his head. And then when he pops his head out, there's a legitimate boing noise. It's very strange, like the way that they film this. It's very, I don't even know what the word is. It's like supposed to be surreal and like, because yeah. he's questioning his sanity throughout the whole thing. So you're kind of like, hmm. hmm. I liked the addition of like the the TV in the hospital, sort of like echoing what was going on. I also spent a lot of this movie trying to figure out how they were getting Brad Pitt's eyes to do that thing. And I settled on it's probably a contact. It's definitely a contact. I was noticing that too, and I saw it in one scene. You could see like the contact circle around his eye. Yeah. He looks unhinged though. Yeah. Yeah. Which he's very good at. He's so good at it. It's like, I mean, it's like a classic Brad move. Like this like insane, like really crazy all over the place, like highly energetic performance. And I feel like it's so like, young brad you know like he can't do that anymore yeah oh i was reading um they originally wanted i don't remember somebody else kevin spacey no. for brad am i right on that then i could that checks out i i don't know if you're right at all but i, I could I'm, see it for then um but they underpaid brad pitt because he was uh kind of undiscovered at the time but then when the movie came out that's when like legends of the fall uh whatever else he was doing at the time all came out at once and then he became an a-lister and then it helped boost the uh, popularity of the movie i was watching this with my roommate rachel and she made this comment uh kind of under her breath and she's like it's not fair that brad pitt is so handsome and also good at acting which i thought was like very succinct for how this movie is i was thinking about that too about how like he's definitely not afraid to not be handsome and i think it was interesting watching this like right after troy where we were talking about how like his only job was to sit there and look pretty like here he's like nobody in this movie is supposed to look pretty um he's like as unhinged as possible and it's like the fact that that's not supposed to be like a part of him in this is kind of interesting the look though that he is rocking when he's like the the last time sort of that we see him when he's like doing his activist stuff and he's got like the hat and like the coat and like the gloves i Love it. Brittany. <laughs> I think he looks awesome. <laughs> He's a grungy boy. <laughs> With that ponytail, he looks like my dad. <laughs> Maybe your dad's hot. I don't know. <laughs> Brittany. <laughs> Hannah got mad. Brittany, Hannah listen looks, to this podcast. Yeah, Hannah looks disappointed in me. <laughs> I think he looks great. Maybe that's just me. He's very grungy. I like the ponytail. <laughs> 
I had like a picture of him from back from like a behind the scenes photo from this movie where he's like in that costume and he's like flipping off the camera with both hands and making this very like angry like grr face and yeah it was the wallpaper on my phone and that's oh my God. business for mine and everyone who listens to the podcast now i'm disappointed you did not share this photo with me because i can get behind a good dirt bag Okay, Just, I'm going to find the photo again, and I'm going to send it to you, because I really okay. think that you would like it, Hannah. It may make me reevaluate my position. Sarah's just, like, sitting in the corner, like, shaking her head. I'm disappointed in all of you. I don't know what to say. Look, I'm not known for my taste, okay? <laughs> it's okay. The heart wants what the heart wants, and so do the loins. loins into this don't bring my loins into this i'm sweating (laughs) and not just because it's hot in here this is the worst day of my life this honestly it feels like i came on this podcast to get attacked hey 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 hey. at least you're not like i thought those scenes where bruce willis was getting prison showers were really hot (laughs) shelf butt um and kill I, as is custom on the on the cast, I must now say, my letterboxed review for Twelve Monkeys this time around is just gross. Yeah, I, I saw that and I wondered what it meant. Because <laughs> this movie, I'm gonna go ahead and say, it's gross. It's really gross. Yeah. It's a it is a gross movie. Everyone looks gross, to be honest. Very slimy. Uh, fucking. Worm Man is actively drooling for, like, 30% of the film. <laughs> like, just big drool. He eats a spider. Um, you see lots of people yep. get shot with needles. You see a rabbit get stabbed in the eye with a needle. I didn't Hated see that. that part. Hated that. They do they show animal testing on the TV. Uh, it's dark. It looks cold. It looks uncomfortable. And then, yeah, they scrub his fully naked body so hard. Twice! It's, it's all red. It's one of those little parallels that they do because, like, when he's underground, they're scrubbing him. That's one of the scenes. And the first thing that happens to him when he gets to, like, regular Earth, like, the past for the first time is that they scrub him down in the very same way. You know why, Brittany? You know why, Sarah? Because time is a flat circle. Oh, I thought I was going to say because the mental institution is prison, man. We're all prisoners. I mean, that too. We are all prisoners. And you know who else is especially prisoners? The animals that Brad Pitt frees. Yeah, and I'm so glad he did, because then we got to see giraffes running across the Brooklyn Bridge, question mark. I think it was in in Baltimore. What? (laughs) You're telling me it was in Baltimore that whole time? (laughs) What? Yeah, because, so... You're right, that was in JFK that they were in at the end. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Um, It was, like, Philly and Baltimore, but I got confused Mm. because I got... I thought that they were in Detroit, but he's Mm. like, you have to take me to Philly. And I was like, that is a fucking long drive. Um, But no, they were all on the East Coast the whole time. Honestly, one thing that I was thinking the whole time I was watching this movie is that I can see like an alternate universe where this movie was made like five, ten years later. And Brad Pitt was Bruce Willis's character. I could see that, too. Um, He was so skinny. This is, there's like, I feel like there's a time that we haven't pinpointed where Brad like bulks the fuck up. Yeah, he roids up. He roids the yeah. fuck out. <laughs> this was not it. No, he was, he was like, a skinny boy. 
Skinny baby. He's so skinny. And I was thinking about like the difference between like him with long hair, like as this, as Legends of the Fall versus like a World War Z Brad where he's like buff. I think that the, the like the whole performance that he gives is like is so good, but it just seemed like <clears throat> just like to get critical here because we have to make a really tough decision yeah, is- between two really good performances and two good movies. Like I think his performance was really good, but it seemed like it was a very '90s performance mm-hmm. to me, and I thought that it was like a really like a young actor performance mm-hmm. from him too. Yeah, because like, I feel like he was he was like acting with a capital A, mm-hmm. giving everything. I felt like it was very, like, the good kid in your, like, senior of college theater class playing quote-unquote crazy. Yes. And it's Mm -hmm. like, this is very, very, very good, but you will be better in the future. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Because he was just going, like, he was going 100% in one direction, which is good, but, like... For just like a round performance, he was going really hard in one direction, right? Know? And it was like good for like the type of exaggeration it was. And I was reading that he worked with like a a psychiatrist to like help hone it, um, which I thought was interesting. It says a lot about how we've progressed in in the medical and psychological fields since 1997. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because they saw this performance and they were like, that seems right. <laughs> that seems, that checks Let's out. Let's do that. Obviously, he was Oscar nominated. Like, mm-hmm. like obviously, it's good. But it just seemed like very, like, very 90s and very young and, like, very, like, um, enthusiastic. Which is not a bad thing. That's just what it was. Mm-hmm. He was racing that. He was, he was going, given 120%, I'd say. Oh, my God. Yeah. I do, I do keep coming back to the similarities between this role and Tyler Durden, especially when he's like going on the rant when he first meets Bruce Willis about like, oh, we're watching TV and the TV is telling us what to buy and buying makes us a good consumer. And that means that we're not crazy because we're not like we're consuming the right things. And the second you decide to step out of that, then suddenly you're crazy. And I thought that that was very interesting. And also I was like, yo, man, He's speaking truths. <laughs> it was you know? totally like the prequel to Tyler Durden. It's like that kind of like manicness that he gets about him. Tyler totally gets that too. And when he was doing like the speech at the gala when they were like carrying Bruce Willis away and mm-hmm. he was like ranting and preaching to everybody there. Mm-hmm. Very Tyler Durden. He does the laugh as well. Oh, he does he do the laugh? <laughs> he did the laugh in both of these movies. He does the laugh so much in Jesse James. Like, way more than I thought he was going to. I was really surprised. Oh, yeah. That scene is so long. I was very uncomfortable. It was too loud. It's so much. And he just keeps going. Should we switch over to Jesse James? Yeah. I can give the summary. <coughs> <coughs> Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford is like a 2007 revisionist Western starring Brad Pitt, Sam Rockwell, that guy from Parks and Rec who was only in the first season, and Casey Affleck, and also a special guest appearance by Nick Cave. In it, Brad Pitt plays Jesse James, famed American outlaw who steals from trains and banks and automobiles and lives on the run, and Casey Affleck plays his stan, Robert (laughs) Ford, who just 
really stands the shit out of Jesse James and joins his train robbing crew. They're all on the run and Robert Ford sort of is Jesse James's like houseboy for a little while. And then Jesse is like, uh, I don't trust you anymore. Get out of my house. And so he leaves. And then Robert is very disillusioned with Jesse and is like, fucking, this is stupid. And he starts turning everybody into the cops. And then the cops are like, we won't arrest you for this train robbery if you get us Jesse James. So then he worms his way back into Jesse's inner circle through his brother, Sam Rockwell. And they're going to rob a bank together. And then uh, Robert Ford shoots Jesse James while his children are playing in the yard and then uh, runs away. And then he puts on a bunch of plays about how he was the man who shot Jesse James and he thinks it's going to make him famous, but actually everyone hates him. And then he gets shot in a bar. The end. <laughs> it's a movie about how you shouldn't meet your heroes. Pretty much. Yeah. Unless you want to kill them. Or meeting your heroes will make you want to kill them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This movie is gorgeous it is so pretty it is potentially the prettiest movie i've ever seen i want to eat it that is how pretty it is <laughs> i just want to go like <laughs> those uh, mountains are so lonely that wheat is so golden <laughs> I want you to, I'm going to be silent because I want you to keep listing <laughs> uh, Brad Pitt's, his left-hand middle finger is so missing. Uh, the hats are really lovely. <laughs> the horses are all really nice, and I want to give him a kiss on the nose. Casey Affleck, even though he is canceled, this is pre-cancellation. Um, no comment. I plead the fifth. I'll say it because I have nothing to lose. He looks really cute and he does a really, really, He's so really good, good in this movie. Job. I'm like, like an insanely like, good, very good job. Like, very good. It's like, crazy. why did we give Ben credit? Because, like, Brad is really good in this movie. Dude, it's insane how good Casey Affleck's performance is in this movie. When I watch it, I'm like, that's acting. It's okay. We all know that we're woke and we've canceled Casey and he's a bad person and he needs to get his shit together. Like, like this movie is so good. His performance is so fucking powerful and like wounded in such the right way. Yeah, because he's like straddling this line of like, you're not quite sure if he's like sociopathic um and he's got this yeah the way he's idolizing him like none of it is normal but then yeah brad like really fucking hurts his feelings because he's like making fun of him for being so yeah the scene when they're all making fun of him for like admiring jesse james so much at dinner and they're like tell him every all the facts that you thought that made you and so similar and everyone's like teasing him and it's like he's like this isn't funny and you have to stop you can see like his like entire attitude towards the whole situation like completely shift mm -hmm. and that's it's just so good and the scene when he's when he kills brad at the end spoiler alert yeah like he's shaking you can see him shaking and i don't know how he does it because it's in like this super controlled way where like he's trying to keep it cool but like his panic is overriding that and it's like i don't know how the fuck he did that because that's such a physical response like trying to keep cool when like you're panicking Okay, so I've been Googling this whole time because I had to know. And Casey Affleck was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for this movie, but lost to Javier Bardem for No Country for Old Men. So fair. Mm -hmm. 
That was valid for another another uh, revisionist western. Ah, oh, man, 2007 was a good year for western. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, yeah. I love revisionist westerns so much, guys. I'm sorry, I'm not even sorry. <laughs> See, I don't really like I don't like westerns at all, but I really like this movie. Actually, when I watched this movie for the first time, which was right after I ranked every Brad Pitt movie, then I just had this one left to watch. I watched it at night, three hours long, went to bed, woke up in the morning, and watched it again. That is how much I I liked this movie. (laughs) Like, it's just so good. The writing is so good. There's so much great dialogue in it. Like, everyone's just saying crazy shit and then like also having like beautiful long like monologues from the narrator like at the end when it does it does this whole like monologue that like where um robert goes and like lays in jesse's bed and like smells his pillow my initial letterbox review for this movie was that there is no heterosexual explanation for this because I feel like it's almost romance with a capital R. Especially since he watches Brad take a bath, and then that's when Brad decides to kick him out. He's like, we're done here. And then later, he likes, he's just, Jesse's standing there watching Robert the way that, like, leaning on the doorframe the way that Robert had been watching Jesse earlier. And then Jesse looks at him and he's like, how long have you been studying me? And, And Jesse's like, you know when you see... You're, when you're out with your girlfriend at night and the moon is shining and you can tell that she wants you to kiss her. And then he's like, you're going to break a lot of hearts, Robert. And I'm like, what are you saying? I remember What's that. Happening? He was like, you're a hot kid, Case. Literally, because I'm trying to figure out like why he says that line outside of it being like, oh, come on. It's so weird, and then he and then he gives him a back massage. Man, someone write me that fic. I'll do it. Would it be a real people fic since they were real? Yeah, but people? I feel like it doesn't count when it's that historical. Or would it be like all the Hamilton fan fic? It's more in the there, Hamilton where it's like category. not about like Hamilton. Yeah, because <laughs> you're writing about the fictional character, the way they were fictionalized. Yeah, because we don't know what they were actually like. Mm. Yeah, unless you like read all the memoirs. It's true. Not unless we read the book. Um, I also thought Brad was particularly fascinating in this role, especially like the postmortem aspect of it. When the narrator is talking about like how the public responded to Jesse James's corpse and how that was sort of like a sideshow attraction and how people like lined the streets to like see where he grew up and things like that. I couldn't help but wonder what he was thinking reading that script for the first time as like a major celebrity and like definitely with some understanding that like that sort of thing would most likely happen Hmm. to him in the future. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And I'm sure that he's dealt with like that weird kind of fan slash stalker behavior. And yeah, I mean, I feel like like he's just because Jesse's whole thing is that like he's suffering from the terrible ordeal of being known. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Brad has the same thing where like, he's always like under the weight of fame. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't, he never seems to like it like ever. Mm-hmm. He seems like really upset that people are interested in him. It's a very unnatural state of being. If you're like at all a normal person, if you're not. Brad is, he's a normal, he's just a yeah, guy. I, I don't think Brad is at all narcissistic, which is I think why we like him as a populace hell yeah 
Yeah. I just love it when celebrities take on the concept of celebrity in sort of like sideways ways like this. And also just like taking on it like as such a powerful like Midwestern Americana figure like Jesse James. It's just so fascinating and he does such a good job like straddling that line between like, I don't know, like fucking cool dude. I don't know. Jesse James is probably pretty fucking cool. And then also, like, horrifying. Mm-hmm. Like, when he, he was just like, he's a kid. so scary yeah. in those scenes. And when he's, like, threatening the, the guy who he's going to kill, when he just goes to talk to him, and he's like, why are you so nervous? And I'm like, because you're literally terrifying. Like, <laughs> No, it's fucking intense. He's intense. I feel like in this one, too, like, I also didn't notice that it was Brad Pitt so much. Like... Mm-hmm. I feel like he really, really embodied this character so well. His accent's a lot better than his accents usually tend to be. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I just didn't think about the fact, like, a lot of the times, like, when I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Ad Astra, while both were incredible performances, I couldn't stop thinking about the fact that it was Brad Pitt that I was looking at. I mean, especially in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because he's just, like, so Brad in that movie, but... I I didn't think about it until he did, like, his weird laugh at the end. (laughs) Definitely. That is a good point. That laugh did, like, pull me out of it or reminded me that I was, like, because I was, like, oh, there's Tyler Tyler fucking laugh. Does that mean that that's Brad Pitt's actual laugh? Or maybe it's his terrifying if it was. Like, maybe it's It's definitely Right. He's like, here's my crazy fake laugh. But then I'm like, what's his real laugh? Oh my God. I'm going to try and find an interview with Brad. Right? I need to hear a real one. Okay, to be honest, I feel like he does fake laugh a lot. I feel like I've heard that in interviews. He does like this polite, like, chuckle that has elements of like, he's like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. Wouldn't I love to hear real guffaw out of Brad? (laughs) A true giggle. Sarah, you keep bringing this back to to the concept of ranking every Brad Pitt interview, and I can't say I'm going to condone it. I just think it's the only way to know who he really is. I'll do it, Sarah. I'll please take it on. do it. Do it. Oh, my God, please. I'll take it on. I know you. that you will. I love it. I just think there's something there. I mean, who was it that people were linking us? People were linking, like, one person linked us to uh, the, oh, Brad getting kidnapped on um, Punked. Oh, my God, it was so good. It's no, it's isn't it with um, what's their names? Jackass. There we go. Uh, and uh, True I, art. Was, Jackass was it was is funny because when they uh, when they kidnapped him, he let out this like horrifying <laughs> scream that was like legitimately good. You know, I was like, yeah. if I heard that, I would be very concerned. So uh, you know, there are bits of acting to be found. Brad is dying. <laughs> I to go back to that clip. Cannot get over that guy pulling the antenna out of his flip phone, calling 911 and being like, yeah, hi, I'm in line and Brad Pitt just got kidnapped. I'm serious. (laughs) So we know you are. You pulled up that cell phone antenna. Well, I think that in this movie, Brad is pushing both boundaries, the crazy unhinged Brad and the really calm quiet like artsy brad like i was seeing like tree of life style brad Mm -hmm. in this movie and then i was also seeing like 12 monkeys style brad i love when brad pitt plays a dad when he is playing with his kids in this movie i'm like wow what a soft and gentle man 
What a, what a soft And he's so cute when he comes home that one time and he like goes after his daughter and he's like, Rah. Yeah, it's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. Is he a soft and gentle man? Because he also wails on a child for like a long time. He does wail on the other child. <laughs> That's, yeah, I've blocked that part out. I mean, that right there, when he like beats up that kid... That's, like, one of the biggest reasons that turns Robert against him, I think. That's yeah. true. Because then when he comes back, he's like, how about when you beat up on our kid cousin, Albert, and, like, uh, Sam Rockwell is like, I don't want no part of this. <laughs> like, I, Sam's like, I'm not, I can't read suddenly, I don't know. I'm sorry to this man, I mean no disrespect. <laughs> but if I walked by him on the street... <laughs> I would say, who is this? Yeah, he was like, literally, like, I'm not involved. And Robert was like, I'm mad at you for beating up my cousin. And Jesse was like, them's the rules. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Jesse James, and I am an outlaw for a reason. But he does. Red Dead Redemption 2. (laughs) Jesse James is trying to do the impossible task of going like the mercy route and still sometimes killing people on Red Dead. Because you can't go either, you can't do both things. Wow, me when I play video games. I cannot fucking believe that all day today I was like, I want to play Red Dead Redemption. And I thought that came out of nowhere. But it's because (laughs) I was watching this. Dude, he does cry after beating on the child, though. That's good. He cries against his horse and embarrasses himself in front of Mark Brandanowitz. (laughs) Um, I liked the surprise Zoe Deschanel at the Mm -hmm. end. Um, there's that woman who I always think is, um, Rosamund Pike, but never actually is. I will say this is not a movie for face blind people. I was going to say, cause when, sorry, when Hannah said, I love how Zoe Deschanel's in at the end, Sarah was like, yeah. And I looked over at her and her face was lost. She was so thrown. You threw me at the beginning. You said something about like somebody from Parks and Rec being in this. And I'm like, who? Mark Brandanowitz. I don't know who that is. I No, I find it really difficult to follow this movie because mm-hmm. I can't tell anyone apart. It's a little stressful and upsetting. Uh, but that's my fault and no fault to the movie. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Um... What was I going to say? I wish I had... I I feel like I don't have that much to contribute to this movie because, yeah, I don't understand it and I can't recognize anybody in it. My other notes were Phantom Thread Romance, Talented Mr. Ripley Homoeroticism, (laughs) and the last 20 minutes of this movie should be cut. They really should. Just end it after Brad dies. It drags on. I mean, but you do get his regret, which I think is interesting. Like, I think before that, I was, like, couldn't tell if he was just, like, a, a, a psychopath or not. But then I, I was, like, well, he does have feelings. It's hard to pick a Brad in this matchup. But I also, I think I know which one I would pick. For me, I just feel like they're, such, they're just so wildly different performances that it's, like, apples and oranges. Right. And I totally get the 90s thing, but I also think that all of 12 Monkeys had this kind of cartoonish thing going on, which he was fitting into. Um, and then Jesse James is like, yeah, it was great. The thing but is- he was also being like upstaged, I think, by Casey. Yeah. On, I'm like coin toss for this one, I think. My thing is that they're both such good performances, but if you're looking at like which is 
more Brad of a performance. Right. I think like 12 Monkeys is so far one end of the Brad spectrum. And I think Jesse James like is a really like pivotal movie for him because I feel like it has things from both ends of his career in it. Like it has the really crazy like unhinged thing that like he made his name with. And then like it has that more like serious like quiet performance like when he was trying to get into doing all those like big artistic movies. Yeah, and I think to Brittany's point too, it does have both of those. And I think also watching it now post Ad Astra, it has Mm -hmm. sort of hints of this new late career Brad Mm -hmm. that I don't think we would have seen until now. But I think that it's like the first point where you can sort of see him start to explore these things that he's starting to explore as a more mature actor, which I think is super fascinating. I think 12 Monkeys is really valuable in terms of like you can see the starting point of all of it. And I think that it's like amazing that these two ended up going up against each other because you can sort of see like how 12 Monkeys Brad grew into Jesse James Brad, which I think is really, really, really valuable. I just think that Jesse James has a little, it has a little, it's like the center of the Venn diagram of the the things we're talking about when we talk about Bradness right now. That is exactly what I thought because I really feel like, like you said, it's right in the middle there. It's so transitional for him and you get such a wide range of like all of the styles of acting that he does. And he's hot. And he's hot, yeah. And he's got his cowboy boots and his vest and his guns out there for all the world to see new boot goofing he new. touches that wheat i really i also just like <laughs> that opening <laughs> he yes. touches that wheat hannah you he touches love that wheat. Loves it. I you love how much you love him touching that wheat. you love a movie where someone touches wheat i think i've been feeling some type of way about nature and I want to touch some wheat. It's because you live in New York. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's why. I also grew up in Minnesota where there are a lot of plains and prairies and farms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, but like in a city in it. So I would visit. I just like, I don't know. I like Westerns. Yeah. I like the mountains. I never grew up near mountains. Mm. I have to. I, I, had, you know, I grew up with, I have horse privileges. So I have mountain privilege. There's nothing. I see a horse and I'm like, there's a horse. Uh, yup, that's a horse. See a mountain, you're like, there's a mountain. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, mountains, what of it? <laughs> yes, I'm familiar. <laughs> no, one of, the, one of the questions on Bumble is ocean or mountains. And I'm always like, mountains. Wow. <laughs> I love mountains. I think they're so majestic, they make me cry. Moved here, yeah. you could see them all the time. Yeah, but a lot of the time they're on fire. Only sometimes. Um, yeah, no, I think we're in agreement. I think that um, Assassination of Jesse James is definitely like a more mature, polished, nuanced role um, than our baby Brad doing a very good job for baby Brad, but still a baby Brad in 12 Monkeys. I'm excited to watch it again. Uh, I think it definitely deserves to be up there with the heavy hitters. Yeah. Because it's a heavy hitter for sure. I can't believe you guys have to watch all these movies again. It is so time-consuming. I cannot begin to tell you. (laughs) Oh, that's too good. It is significant. Um, Do we... What do we want to do next week? We've only got two options left, and we've got 
Ocean's 12 versus Fury or Fight Club versus Johnny Swade? I kind of feel like doing Ocean's versus Fury mm-hmm. and then saving Fight Club for the season finale. That is a fucking tough one as well. Ocean's Fury 12 versus win. Fury. Furry. Furry's <laughs> hitting me because I said furry. I just tore everything down and destroyed it all. Ocean's 12 versus furry? I fucked up. I'm sorry. I'm so tired. Oh my gosh. Ocean's 12 versus Fury. This is a very difficult pitting. Um I'm just Oh my I'm going to fire myself for my own podcast. <laughs> Please don't. Then I'll have to answer the question, which Brad is the best Brad alone? And I can't do that. That's terrifying and existential. Um, yeah. So tune in week after next for our next and second to last pitting of this round of the bracket, where we will be looking at Fury and Ocean's 12, Return of Rusty Ryan. Um... That's the name of the movie. Yes, that's the name of the movie. Ocean's 12, The Return of Rusty Ryan. <laughs> Ocean's 12, uh, Oceany, Ocean Loo. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> this time with more ocean. Get egg. Get egg. Oh, I'm excited. I like Ocean's 12. Uh, thank you for listening. I appreciate it, all of you. Uh, you can tell your friends about us. And if your friends are like, oh, where should I listen to this podcast that you think is so cool? You can be like, you can listen to them on Acast or iTunes or anywhere else really where podcasts are found. You can Google us at www.google.com. You press enter, you go into the search (laughs) bar and you type March Bradness. We're the first thing that shows up. Or you can uh, skip that step and just go to marchbradness.net. You can also go to twitter.com slash marchbradness. You can go to instagram.com slash march.bradness. That's a period, not the word dot. Or you can go to Facebook and search March Bradness. And those are those things that your friends can do to listen to our podcast. And please tell them to do so because I like it. It's pretty good. <laughs> I like it, too. I listen to it every week. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Brittany. (laughs) Appreciate it. Brittany, do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, my my social, my follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at WakeUpBrit, Brit with two Ts. Um, If you follow me on Twitter, you might hear things about my new podcast, which has not been released yet, but maybe it shall be. And Twitter's where you could hear about it. Does it have a name yet? Yeah, it's called, um, so my podcast is called Movieholics. Um, and we're going to have our friends come on, get them very drunk, and challenge them to um, explain the plot of their quote-unquote favorite movie. Um, and then make them answer trivia on it. <laughs> I'm very excited to get drunk and talk about Totoro. Oh, it's going to be so good. Especially because like Sarah struggles like explaining movie plots when she's sober and has just seen them. So when she can't rewatch Totoro and then gets very drunk. I didn't say it. I said it right here, right now. And I'll probably say it when she's on the podcast, too. I know myself. It's okay. It's going to be great. Yeah, so keep a, keep an ear to the ground for Movie Holics. I'm excited. We love it. We love to see it. Yee!
All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. As always, have a wonderful evening um, and stay safe. Don't get transported to the past or get killed in a deadly virus. One last thing before you go, please imagine a music video, an AMV, if you will, of the assassination of Jesse James to the coward Robert Ford um, to that one Lady Gaga song, Paparazzi. Thank you and good night. Oh, I thought you were going to say make like an mm, what you say meme. (laughs) Ooh, that'd be good too. Ooh, that'd be good too. All right. Well, on that note. Bye. Bye. Bye.